said yesterday in the podcast that uh, the LNA in Libya, the Libyan National Army, which is uh, run by a guy named Haftar, which a lot of guys from the GNA, which from from the other side, um, which are in Tripoli, they call Haftar like a terrorist or a terrible person. And Haftar is part of the LNA, backed by Egypt, the United Arab Emirates, and Russia. And now the GNA is backed by Turkey. Turkey's a guys I talked about yesterday in the podcast or the episode that uh that they have those drones and they're kicking ass over there. The GNA is the LNA losing most of the fights throughout the uh, throughout the country, while the LNA is trying to get um, get their hands on uh, Libya's capital, Haftar, um, Tripoli. See, when the U.S. came in and tried to take out uh, and took out Gaddafi in 2011, basically the whole the whole country went to hell. Everybody's fighting for power. Everybody wants their ideology. Everybody wants the wants the oil. Everybody wants control of the capital. While the GNA fight the LNA, there's also terrorists out there, the Al Qaeda fighting those guys, and so they're trying to fight them people off. In the meantime, there's residents living there, trying to live in these neighborhoods. Now, just yesterday, Libya's Eastern uh, Parliament approved a motion to authorize uh, Egypt, which is back in, like I said, uh, back in the LNA, to directly intervene militarily in the country's war if needed to counter the t- uh, Turkey support for the um, for the GNA. So they want Egypt to come in there and kick some ass. I guess currently in in, um, in Libya, there's a city named uh, Sirte, which is a coastal town, which, is, uh, which has the um, main oil export terminals there Libya's main oil exports and um, and the GNA and the, L, uh, the GNA and the LNA are, are fighting there and of course they want Egypt to step in they want they want to stop Turkey and, and uh, the GNA forces so I guess in response um, Egypt's president said that they're gonna stand in between the LNA and the GNA and they told the GNA please don't cross over to the LNA and fight and the GNA took that as like, hell with you, man. We're taking that as a declaration of war. We're coming, Egypt. We're coming to get ya. See, it's all about power over there. Everybody wants to get on top. Everybody wants to control the city. Everybody wants to control the state, control the oil. And with their allies, the allies, of course, the allies, of course, would be favored over anyone else. So when you have control of the state, the oil, the money, with the allies then you got everything you need. No fear. And I think uh, Libya has the biggest oil reserves in Africa, if I'm not mistaken. So when you get a hold of the state and the city, you control the oil, you control a lot of stuff. Meanwhile, all the uh, residents are just sitting there in between the tug of war. And from what I heard, Gaddafi was a pretty terrible person from some sources I've heard. But Gaddafi, I also heard, had made Libya so much better than it ever had been prior to his, uh, when he was in office in Libya. I heard the schools were doing great, the hospitals were doing great. I think women got a lot of rights, I heard. But then again, I heard Gaddafi did a lot of stuff to women as well. But you know how that goes. It happens a lot of times when there's uh, people with high, a lot of power. When there's a lot of power, there's usually kind of stuff like that going on. Yeah, so everybody's fighting for power everywhere. You got the Al-Qaeda and the Jihad. There's the Jihad that were in Timbuktu just yesterday. Uh, There's an article that um, 
in Mali, they caught a guy that was uh, running some kind of thing over there where uh, they flogged women, they broke down statues, they, they were destroying the history of uh, Mali in Africa. They call this guy the jihadist police, who they caught, the Malian jihadist police. They say that he committed unimaginable crimes during the reign of terror and sexual slavery in Timbuktu. This guy's name had like 10 different names in it. I'll try to read his name. El Hassan Ag Abdul Aziz Ag Muhammad Ag Mohad Mahamud. That's his name. That's his full name. And what he did is, is he basically saw over corporal punishments, including amputations and flogging, while the uh, Malian city was under the control of the Islamic militants for almost a year from, from early 2012. This guy, El Hassan, also arranged for women and girls to be forced to marry militants as part of a system of gender-based persecution. And El Hassan is charged by the Hague base court with crimes, with war crimes, and crimes against humanity, rape, and sexual slavery. And this guy was like, he was torturing men and women and children in Timbuktu. But supposedly the people that lived in Timbuktu were scared, scared out of their minds. They don't want to be stolen by this guy. I guess he was, this Al Hassan was the key figure in the Islamic police and court system set up by militants after they exploited the ethnic Tarag uprising in 2012 to take over the cities in Mali. These jerks are going around screwing around with people, um, tearing down old shrines in Timbuk Timbuktu. People that always want power, they always destroy other people's history. That's what it is. It's been happening for centuries and it happens everywhere. Women and power. I guess this guy was crazy, and he, and he would take people to court. or Well, for punishment, he would take people to the um, public square where all the people are, and he would cut, the, cut people's hands off. And there's videos of this guy doing this. How would you like that, just driving to work one day on an average day, and some dude was in the middle, middle of the road caught by the police, and they cut off his hands, and then they stole the women, which I guess the, the women, and, women and girls were forced to marry the militants, of the uh, jihad, the jihad group. Here I got an article here that says that uh, women suffered the most. The Islamists are also forcing, accused of forcing women and girls to marry militants as part of the system of gender-based persecution. It was the women and girls of Timbuktu who were targeted and suffered the most, with some raped repeatedly by one or more members of the militant group, the jihadist group. One victim told investigators that all that was left to me was a corpse, she said. And Al Hassan was also shown on video of being personally involved in the flogging of women accused of adultery. Why would they beat these girls for adultery when they got guys ganging up on one girl? It's so crazy over there. Other, were, other women were beaten and imprisoned for breaching the rules, including failing to wear prescribed clothing and giving water to, man, to a man or not having gloves. So if a girl doesn't dress right, or doesn't bring water to a guy that asks for it, or wear gloves, she's going to get flogged in Mali, in Africa. Well, at least they caught this guy. So you got the crazy jihad over there in Mali, and then you got Egypt and Turkey's war going on in Libya, where, where Egypt's standing in between the uh, GNA and the LNA. So that's what's going on in Africa. Now I was looking through news sites over here, and I'm looking at Australian news here. 
Now, Australia has a, has a bunch of coronavirus stuff, a bunch of articles about coronavirus. Uh, and one of, the, one of them that caught my eye, it says, Coronavirus Florida. Miami declared the new Wuhan. What? It says an expert has deemed Miami, Florida, a new epicenter of the world's coronavirus pandemic, drawing comparisons to the Chinese city of Wuhan where COVID-19 originated. Now, how could Australia say something like that? When it originated in China and the Chinese didn't say nothing about it, then they kept their mouth shut, the World Health Organization didn't say much about it, and everybody was kind of downplaying it at first. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that, until, maybe what was it, February or March, until people were like, hey, this might be getting to be something real. I don't think that could ever be replayed. And how could they say Florida, you know, is anything like uh, Wuhan? Anyways, let's see what else is in the news here. Australia is funny because they had some really cool videos, uh, really in-depth videos about the uh, coronavirus in Wuhan. And, you know, the the uh, the markets where all the animals were sold and stuff like that for food. And uh, now they're now they're saying this other crazy stuff. But anyways, there's there's something I have to mention. Iran. Iran has uh, some nuclear facilities yesterday that were uh, mysteriously under attack. Some of their nuclear nuclear sites or facilities had been blown up, and they don't know how it could have happened. Some people are saying one thing, and some people are saying another. How could it possibly happen? We don't see anybody around. But some people are saying that it's possibly some kind of cyber operations coming from the U.S. or Israel. They said it's got to be some top people with some top cyber um, attacks on Iran. This could be possibly that. Now, the last couple paragraphs here I'll read on this uh, article. It says, experts have also pointed to the glaring holes in Tehran, Tehran's intelligence apparatus, essentially allowing its country most guarded sites to be slaughtered with convention weapons, with little means of foiling it or fighting back. Tehran, which is uh, the capital of um, Iran, has not retaliated for the Natanz explosion, but I would expect to see an uptick in Iranian cyber operations against the U.S., Israel, and our Middle East allies like Saudi Arabia. But I don't expect a serious conflagration. The Iranians have suffered a major setback to their nuclear program and their domestic security. They've been badly embarrassed, and the truth is they may not know the full extent of what happened in the attack. They also don't know what else is coming. So that's going on in Iran right now. I don't know what I don't know what that means when the nuclear facilities are blowing up. Jeez. But anyways, what else in the news? And I guess due to China, who are trying to step on top of um, Hong Kong's autonomy, Trump had slapped some tariffs on the China. What else could he do? He doesn't. He, Trump's not the kind of guy that wants to send. Uh, the army over, nothing like that, or any kind of military over to Hong Kong or China, so he's slapping tariffs on them. He's the guy that does stuff like that with money instead of with, with guns, which is kind of cool, I guess. Too bad he can't put tariffs on Antifa. <laughs> Here's part of an article from uh, News Asia that says, On Tuesday, July 14th, Trump signed legislation and an executive order to hold China accountable for the oppressive national security law it imposed on Hong Kong. Trump also, on, uh, on a deadline on Tuesday, 
signed a bill approved by the U.S. Congress to penalize banks doing business with Chinese officials who implemented Beijing's new national security law on Hong Kong. I guess he said that he also signed an executive order aimed at furthering punishing, furthering punishing China for what he called its oppressive actions against Hong Kong. It will end the preferential trade treatment Hong Kong has received for years. No special privileges, no special economic treatment, and no export of sensitive technologies, Trump told news the news conference. Hong Kong now will be treated the same as mainland China, Trump said. Okay, let's see what happens now with China and that tariffs. Maybe some of these tariffs will uh, force some com some uh, companies, some maybe some pharmaceutical companies to come back to the United States. But if I'm not mistaken, there's some minerals and there's some kind of things that are that are only from uh, uh, China. And so we couldn't build some or create some medicines, put together some medicines without the help of China because they have some things that we need to make them. I think, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me on that, but I'm almost positive. But I mean, tariffs are a lot better than bombs and guns, right? Okay, what else is in the news here? Here's uh, something about... Uh, self-driving cars it says safe safety of driverless cars in question as experts say they are susceptible to signal blackouts caused by urban canyons of high-rise buildings and cities <laughs> can you imagine if you got a car that drives itself and uh it goes it moves because of gps right and so if you go into downtown chicago or wherever city or town and you lose signal to your phone, I'm sure those cars would lose signal just as much as your phone loses signal. Can you imagine that? I mean, what are self-driving cars for? So you could take a nap or read a book while they're, while, they're, uh, while they're driving you? Can you imagine that? Reading a book and the next thing you know, you're in a cornfield or in the water somewhere? Anyways, let's read some of this article here. It says, autonomous cars require a GPS signal in order to identify where the autonomous vehicles are around them. Oh, so they don't smash into other cars as well, right? That's right. That's right. However, urban canyons caused by high-rise towers and skyscrapers on either side of the road can block signals received from satellites and result in potential safety and operational implications, according to the global leader in auto autonomous vehicle software. Canyons are formed when a street is densely populated by tall buildings on both sides. This can cause the GPS signal at ground level to be degraded or lost, either through satellite signals being obscured or through multipath effects, a phenomenon where radio waves bounce off surroundings and form multiple signal paths. The number of tall buildings around 200 meters tall has risen by 650% in the last five years, according to the Council of Tall Buildings of Urban Habitat. And this number is set to rise again by 20% in 2020, increasing the number of urban canyons. I know like when I use my GPS when I'm driving to you know, different job sites or whatever, um, if there's like lots of parts in Chicago, not just, not just in a downtown area, but just like in some neighborhoods, you lose signal. But there's like, there's the um, underground, what is it, underground whacker in Chicago, and you completely lose signal there. Don't take your car there. And like GPS always wants to take that tunnel. And it's like miles long. And, you, and there's like so many like ramps to get off of it. And you don't know which ramp is yours as soon as you lose your GPS signal. Yeah. So they got to have to start um, 
installing a lot more uh, satellites throughout the, the city. We need better GPS. Man, I remember just 20 years ago, we had to use uh, MapQuest, and we had to print out all the papers. And then 10 years before MapQuest, we had to have actual maps in our glove box. Now we got GPS, and we're complaining about it. But if we got self-driving cars around, I don't know if self-driving cars will work very well without that GPS signal. Maybe in the suburbs, but still, I wouldn't trust it completely yet. I see something here on... Uh, there's another article here that says Trump... Uh, refers to the decision to uh, to ask um, foreign students to leave the country since they were taking online classes. Or He was like, well, since you're taking online school here in America, you might as well go home to your country. I guess he reversed that. Because I guess they, you know, because of the coronavirus, they went home. And speaking of viruses, and there was a Mongolian teenager that was diagnosed with the bubonic plague which is also called the Black Death. I got a book on that. I got a couple books on that, actually. Um, that he, he died on Monday. He's a 15-year-old 15, 15 boy that reportedly contract, contracted the deadly disease after consuming marmot meat. A marmot is like a little rodent, right? It's kind of like a squirrel, maybe, or something. I'm not sure. But, you know, they eat wild things sometimes. There's hunters out there that just eat things. Back in the day, they used to make pigeon soup. Isn't that disgusting? But yeah, they used to do it. The Indians did, and so did the colonists. I guess the sky in America used to be blackened by uh, for like the day with uh, pigeons flying overhead. There was so many millions of pigeons back then. They were all eaten now, obviously, and then hunted. So this kid in Mongolia, um, they're saying that this there, there could be a new disease out now. We're, we're worried about the... Uh, coronavirus now they're saying the bubonic plague might be back and they were saying the bubonic plague was starting up possibly in california with all the feces and all the rats going around in, in california at a time i haven't heard much about it lately but uh they were saying about that in california but you know it, it passed um but now they're talking about this kid in mongolia has it or had it because he died but uh, the article says that the boy ate the infected meat with his two friends whose condition is currently unknown and the people that have been in contact with them have now been isolated and vaccinated according to the country's national center for uh, zoonotic diseases the article says that eating mammoths or marmots and other rodents which are principal delivery boys of bubonic uh, bacteria is not uncommon in mongolia so in mongolia they eat marmots and rodents all the time see the plague has bubonic and pneumonic lung-affecting forms and can kill within a few days of being contracted. The Mongolian boy died three days after eating the rodent. And he thought that was it. But several cases of the bubonic plague, once a deadly disease, have been reported in western Mongolia in the past week, with another case in China. So China also has a bubonic plague, supposedly, according to RT.com. Russian Time News. Now here's the concluding paragraph of the uh, article. Some tabloid media outlets have already started spreading panic over the looming plague pandemic in an attempt to cash out in on the news. By my newspaper, I'm talking about the bubonic plague, which some experts have already dismissed as just hot air. It's just fake. It ain't real. It's just like the flu go outside. 
And then the last sentence is, between 2010 and 2015, there were two, or 3,248 cases reported worldwide, including 584 deaths. So the bubonic plague is out there, isn't it? Supposedly, according to RT. But uh, there's articles on it from the uh, express.co.uk and then uh, skynews.com or newsky.com. So they're talking about it. Then here's a little article that's from uh, Yahoo Finance that says measles vaccine appears to help protect against COVID-19 and reduce deaths. Whatever happened to the hydroxychloroquine stuff? But anyways, what else is in the news? Okay, let me finish up one more article so I can end this podcast because your ride to work might be only 20, 25 minutes and you just want to hear a bunch of news. Okay. Um, I just heard about the CDC. Um, The government employees demand racism be declared a public health crisis. Holy smokes. This country's going crazy, isn't it, in America? And in Portland, I guess uh, on Fox News, it says that Portland... Portland's unrest continues for six straight weeks with no apparent end in sight. It says that Portland has been more than $23 million in losses due to looting and rioting. It says that in Portland, Oregon, largest city, those demonstrators, oh wait, no, yeah, demonstrators have raged for six weeks straight in, in Portland, Oregon. And local businesses have reported $23 million in losses due to looting and rioting. And I guess uh, demonstrators have been seen lighting mattresses on fire in the streets and setting fireworks off. And just this weekend, a federal officer protecting a closed courthouse was struck in the head and shoulder with a hammer as rioters attempted to break down the court's door. The courthouse suffered an estimated $50,000 in damages. Some people call these peaceful protesters. Peaceful protesters caused millions of dollars in damage. My ass. If I'm not mistaken, most of the rioters that pulled down statues and looted and all this, they had went to, some of them went to jail and were bailed out and the rest of them are set free. Most of these people get away with it. And the people that protect themselves against these people are going to jail for it. Isn't it insane? Guess who's trying to grab some power here? Guess who's grabbing power here? Guess who's got the power now? And it's crazy. In this uh, article, it says, Local officials in Oregon have criticized federal law enforcement and even President Trump for the havoc. Meanwhile, one group of anti-capitalist people and Antifa teens who call themselves the Pacific Northwest Youth Liberation Front has used social media to organize throughout the city. That's what they do. I mentioned this in an old podcast on my old channel. That's how it is. People can go on Facebook and emails now and they can just tell... Millions of people at one time were going to go protest. And a lot of these people are just regular people that want to go punch somebody. They're like, oh, there's going to be a riot today. I want to go beat somebody up. Or I want to go burn something and get away with it. And so a lot of people go out that aren't actually anti-capitalist or anti-American. They just want to go out and beat somebody up. A lot of them. Some of them. And then there's the Antifa, which are actual looters and, and uh, rioters. And then there's, a, I'm sure there's a small amount of people that are just like high school kids that just want to stand tall with, with these uh, looters because they preach Black Lives Matter, even though it has nothing to do with black lives because there's tons of black lives dying every day and they're not doing anything about it because they're not killing the ideology. 
And if they're such smart kids, they would understand why people are killing each other. And it's not for bread. Anyways, I think that's it for this podcast. Stay tuned tomorrow for some, some more news. Adios.